question as we gather this morning for worship is, what's your favorite food and where is your favorite place to eat it? Go ahead, if you're able, and go to uh, lean towards your screen, find the chat comment area for Facebook, and put your answer there. What's your favorite food and where is your favorite place to eat it? And that's a way for us to get to know each other and start to come together in preparation for worship. I realize that it's not overlaid, so I'm coming back. And Pastor Jody, I want to welcome you today. And as we gather as a community, go ahead on the chat, lean forward toward your screen, and tell us what's your favorite food and where's your favorite place to eat it. It's a fun, simple way for us to get to know one another as we prepare ourselves to join together. What's your favorite food and your favorite place to eat it? with us in worship this morning. Uh, I'm Pastor Evan, delighted to be here this morning. You can't say it with me necessarily. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. Now try it. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. And that, I hope, is the message we hear this morning, even though we're talking about stress, difficulty, and suffering from First Peter. But I hope you hear those words that we are to reflect the goodness of God in all that we do 
and say. And I hope we do that in worship this morning. Let me give you just a few announcements uh, this morning as we begin. This is still the life of the church, uh, these things that we're talking about. Um, the first thing is, if you want to stay up to date on everything that's going on, whether it's being connected with uh, sending in prayer requests, staying connected with our email and texts, uh, if you're not connected with those, anything uh, along those lines, or if you're joining us for the first time this Sunday, we'd love to hear from you. It's all on our latest updates section of the website, firstcovenantlincoln.org. You'll see latest news or latest, yeah, latest news tab. Click on that. You can find everything that we tell you about uh, as far as staying up to date on what's going on. The second, you can find out how to give there as well. And I want to thank you for the continued giving that we've seen. Uh, you are faithful in your giving. This has been a constant throughout the life of First Covenant, and it has not changed in this time. And I'm thankful for that. Thank you for your giving. There is, for those that are connected, uh, one option to kind of give a little over and above right now, which for some I know is possible and others, that's not even a possibility. No worries. Uh, but if you want to give to a, a special project right now, obviously we're doing church online. That, for most churches, we've realized we need to do a few tech upgrades to make that better. We're kind of at the capacity of what our system can handle. And so there was an email sent out this week uh, that talked about some upgrades we are, are interested in making. Um, our, some of our leadership team members and worship and music ministry members have already stepped up and given. Uh, there's already a little bit of money in the budget. Uh, so that's brought down what we need to bring in. But you would see improvements over time to the video and some of these other improvements. Uh, the quality should continue to go up so that we can worship together as best as we can, even when we're apart. If you want to give, you can also find out how to do that on the latest updates page. One other thing to just help you prepare this morning is that uh, it is Communion Sunday. Um, and obviously that's a little challenging to do apart, but we've tried it before with Maundy Thursday. So sometime in the course of the service, if you need to get your materials, bread and cup, if you need to improvise, it's okay. Uh, God will still honor it. Um, but go ahead and get those together at some point if you'd like to participate this morning. Um, and if, uh, if you forget, there'll be time later in the service too, and there'll be plenty of music uh, to be able to partake together at that point and find the materials if you still need to. Lastly, uh, this is the day the Lord has made, and God has given us one another, and we're connected even when we're apart. So just take a moment as we begin to worship in song to either type good morning on your Facebook chat, or if you don't have that option, or you want to send the blessing a little further, just pick up your phone and text someone right now. Good morning. I'm glad that we're friends. I'm glad I have you in my life. Some way bless someone else right now as we prepare to worship the Lord in song. Blessed be your name in a land that is plentiful where your streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place. Though I walk through the wilderness, blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in. Yeah. 
again, First Covenant. I welcome you to worship. And the first thing we want to start off with after that beautiful song is inviting someone to answer the question, where do you find hope? And so I already have the Flynn's on the phone call with me, um, Bevan and Jennifer Flynn and their children, Oswald and Isabel. And so Bevan and Jennifer, they're, oh, no bunny ears right now. I saw that. So did everyone else at church. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, so the first question we want to ask the Flynn's is, we've invited them to answer the question, where are you finding hope? So um, a couple months ago, I just started a devotional on the Psalms, and that's been a really encouraging um, study during this time. Some of the things that I've been reading is even like Psalm 42.5, in that it says, simply hope in God and that when things are so different and so hard and I can trust that everything God says in scripture, that it's true and that it's reliable, um, just like nothing can separate us from the love of God. And when I feel separated from everybody that, I, not everybody, but a lot, so many people that I love and love spending time with, I can trust that the Lord is with me. And um, that he is trustworthy, he's always with me, and that when I feel like I'm failing at especially schooling the kids and things like that, that his grace is sufficient for me. And um, I really think it was a time that God was, has been working with me and that I can trust that and that I can know through everything God loves me and everyone around and um, to take the responsibility to teach my children that and even though I know I fail and I can teach them that 
God loves them even when they fail. That's great, Jennifer. God is, seems to be building your confidence, not so much in yourself, but your confidence in God. Right. Which is wonderful. Bevan, how about you? Where are you finding your hope? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> only, I only find hope, you know, in, the, in Jesus Christ and in the promises that he's, he's given us through his word. Um, I think, you know, when we think about us as believers and right now we can't even, you know, we don't even find hope necessarily in um, the diminishing of numbers with coronavirus or hope in any of our leaders, our hope is found solely in Jesus. So, and that goes for all times, so good and bad. Thank you, Bevan. So I'm going to keep the Flynn's on the phone call and I'm going to ask them to do a switcheroo. Mom and dad go to the back and Isabel and Oswald, I want you to come closer to the camera. I want all the kids in our church to come a little bit closer to the camera because I've asked uh, Oswald and Isabel to be my helpers. I've got them here on my cell phone and you can hopefully see them over here. Um, and they're going to be my helpers for the children's sermon this morning. When I was a kid, I love to play follow the leader. It was one of my favorite games because what I like to do is, have you ever played follow the leader? I'm thinking most of you already know how to play this game. Um, children all over the world play it and you don't even have to speak the same language to play together. But the, basically the rules about it are pretty simple. You choose a leader and so I've picked Oswald and Isabel to play with me today and they're gonna lead you and you have to do what they do. A lot of times when we play follow the leader, we stomp through puddles, we climb over fences, we maybe swing from a tree, and you can do that at home, but we can't play follow the leader like that when we're limited to a video frame here on Facebook Live. So um, I'm going to ask, no one wants to be a quitter, right? So you all want to do exactly what Oswald and Isabel tell you to do. They're going to shout real loud giving us an action that we can do right in front of our screen, and then everyone's going to do it with me, okay? Oswald, you ready? You go first. Mm -hmm. Give us one action, and then we're all going to do it with you. Shake your arms. Shake your arms. Shake, Shake your arms. arms. Everybody go like this right in front of the screen. Okay, Isabel, what's the next thing we're going to do? I don't like my hands. Bunny hop. Bunny, bunny hop. hop. Everyone hop like a bunny. Hop, hop. Okay, uh, Oswald, tell us the next thing we're going to do. Make a silly face. Ooh, my favorite. Make a silly face. Okay, what else? Isabel, tell us something else we're going to do. Mm. How we, about, have a wood, we have a woodchuck outside of our sunroom so they're really distracted now <laughs> they're really distracted by the woodchuck out in their backyard how about this everyone spin around one time okay and pat your head it's almost like simon says and follow leader oh, thank you very much oswald and isabel so there's actually leaders that we follow every day too not just Oswald and Isabel. Sometimes it's at school or in sports or at church. There's different people we choose to follow every single day. 
And that means there's actually two ways that you can follow a leader or follow in someone's steps. One is to walk right behind them and follow wherever they're going, kind of like you would if you were, um, we did exactly what Oswald and Isabel told us to do. Another way is to, uh, to follow in someone's footsteps is to be like them. And that means like you act like them or you do what they've done and you follow their example. And in 1 Peter chapter 2, the Bible tells us that we should follow in Jesus's steps. Let me read it to you. Jesus Christ is an example so that you might follow in his footsteps. The Bible says he didn't commit any sin. No one, no lies ever came out of his mouth. People shouted at him and made fun of him, but he didn't do the same thing back to them. When he suffered, he didn't say he would make them suffer. Instead, he trusted in the God who judges fairly. You can't walk behind Jesus and follow in his steps because he is in heaven with God. So, but we can follow in his footsteps and be like him. And this is what the verse is saying, that Jesus should be our example. People made fun of Jesus and they called him names. He didn't call names back. He kept his mouth closed. Sometimes Jesus, um, well, he only said good things to people, but sometimes people threw rocks at Jesus or they tried to beat him up and punch him, but he didn't start a fight or threaten to beat them up or get even. Jesus didn't fight back. He left it up to God to judge the people for what they did wrong. Jesus always forgave those people when they hurt him. And this is really hard for us to do, but I'm going to challenge you to be like Jesus. There isn't a single one of us out there that's good 100% of the time. We all make mistakes. We all do wrong things. But if we're sorry for what we have done and we ask God to forgive us, even if you have a hard time being like Jesus, you can ask God for help to be more like Jesus. And even if you mess up and you forget to be loving, that's okay because Jesus always welcomes us back and always forgives us. So I'm going to invite everyone, kids and grown-ups included, to pray with me, and then we'll say goodbye to the Flynn's. Let's pray. Loving God, help us to love one another the same way that you love us. Help us to see the ways to act with love and kindness in everything we do. Forgive us when we mess up and forget to be loving. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so everyone wave goodbye to Oswald and Isabel and Bevan and Jennifer. Thank you for joining us in answering the question, where do we find hope, as well as helping us uh, lead the children's sermon. And it helps me if I take some of this off of with the technology that's going on. But in a moment, we're going to sing a song, and I typically don't take liberties to preface the song, but I, I'm leaning into what I think the Holy Spirit prompted me to do this week when I was earlier when I was preparing for worship. We're going to sing the song. It's an old hymn, Be Still My Soul, The Lord Is On My Side. I'll admit, if I'm real honest, it is not my favorite song. It's a little bit harder to sing, but since when is this all about me? It's never been about me, and it's always been about God. So I'm going to set my personal preference aside. And here's what I want you to know about the song that we're going to sing. I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit will, um, by giving you this background information, that the Holy Spirit will move as we sing this song. This is one of the older songs we sing, dated much later than most of our usual songs that we sing at First Covenant. 
It actually dates to the exact time that the Evangelical Covenant Church movement was beginning. And that movement began because everyone was tired of the state church and they wanted a personal relationship with Jesus. And that's what these lyrics are about. And so I felt compared to share with you more than just the background information or historical piece is that um, why I'm excited to sing this together is because we're, as we're studying 1 Peter, it's a book that's directed at people who are suffering. And they're not suffering because of the coronavirus or a worldwide pandemic, but these people in the First Peter feel very disoriented. And in the end, they know that God will set them free, but during their suffering, they're having to trust that God will protect them and use his power to um, hold them steady. And Peter knows that these people aren't the only ones suffering, just like we know there's people all across the world who are suffering some much more than others because of the vulnerable position that they're in. And First Peter helps us to understand that suffering is never permanent. So in verses 1 and 2 of this song, there's suffering language and disorientation language. And then when we get to verse 3, the lyrics of this song remind us that suffering is never permanent. And First Peter reminds us at the end of the book that suffering is never permanent. So you can sing along. If you want to, I'm urging you to get on your knees in your living room. If you want to just listen to the music as our worship team leads us, that's okay too. But however you can lay down your worries and your anxieties, God cares for us. And the Lord is always ready to take on our burdens and our heavy loads. So may the Spirit move in a powerful way as we sing.
you pray with me? God, you are the one who stills the quiet waters and quiets the storm. You are the one who promises that there will someday be a day where there's no more crying and no more tears, no more suffering, and no more pain. We long for the day when all things are made new. And in the meantime, we ask God that you would bring healing to our world, to our neighbors, to us, to our hearts where the burdens lie, Lord, that you would heal us. Our hearts long to join with your people, God, to share our burdens, to join up with our friends, to care for those who are lonely, to join our voices as we praise you. And so we remember this um, weekly time of resurrection where we celebrate who you are, Jesus, and we come together to hear your word, to touch the bread and taste the cup, and then be sent on mission into the greater Lincoln area. We know, Lord God, that those kinds of longings cannot be filled while we're apart. And so we do lament that we can't all come to this one place to join our voices. And we lament our lack of love of worship in the past when we could all be together and we took it for granted. We lament for those who are sick and those who are lonely we lament for those who have the coronavirus and are um, carrying it now. Lord, we cry out to you that you would redeem all of this. We pray for our leaders. We pray for our hospital workers. We pray for the people who are struggling to build and thrive in community during this pandemic. And we ask that you would heal us and give us your hope. We look forward to the day when we um, and our desires can be fulfilled, where we can join together in this sanctuary and worship you and join our voices and share our burdens together. We thank you that we have this opportunity to weekly remember our Savior's resurrection and power over death and suffering and pain. So it's in Christ's name that we pray now. Amen. Well, good morning again. I'm Pastor Evan. Delighted that you're here. I'm going to invite you to open up your Bible or your phone or however you're reading scripture these days and find 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to start at verse 18. And we're going to work our way through a number of parts of it uh, this morning. So go ahead and keep it open uh, after we've read the text. From 1 Peter 2, 18. Slaves, in reverent fear of God... Submit yourselves to your masters, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing good and you endure it? This is commendable before God. Oh, but uh, endure it. But if you suffer for doing wrong, excuse me, for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example 
that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. I want to, as we enter the text, imagine a scenario that could be quite real these days. Uh, with the coronavirus and the response that we've needed, um, our healthcare workers have been put under a lot more stress than usual. Um, and there have been parts of the country where people have driven by and honked their horns or shouted out the window to say thank you and encourage healthcare workers as they go uh, to work. And those have been really exciting to see those moments, and rightly so. It's, it's good to encourage people, especially healthcare workers, as they're doing this hard work in this difficult time. But can you imagine to yourself a scenario uh, where you have somebody who does this, they're waving out a window or cheering on, uh, even as they watch a YouTube video or something, uh, healthcare workers, yeah, good job, and then they turn around and within the next couple of minutes they send a nasty gram or some kind of an email that's super passive aggressive or even mean to a coworker as they work from home. You have the same person in that case responding to their circumstances in very divergent and different ways. They can celebrate and cheer on in one moment, acting in an encouraging manner, and in the next moment be completely discouraging, even demoralizing to someone else. And what we should recognize is that who we are is reflected in how we act. That is to say, our character is reflected in our actions. We've been covering this over the course of First Peter, that, that you can say you believe it, but it's going to be shown by what you do. Is that worker that did this reflecting godliness or human sinfulness? Well, we should recognize that, yes, we are at a stressful moment right now. This is a stressful time in so many ways. Uh, and stress presses in is what it does it it pushes on us if uh, it can be very physical right if you get your finger caught in the door there's physical stress pushed there but the stress we're talking about is kind of all-encompassing it's mental it's emotional it's physical and it can't be separated out into any one of those areas it pushes on all of those areas of our lives right now and the causes of course we're we're at home in many cases stuck at home we've got pressure from work uh, from family, or maybe we don't feel those pressures, but we feel the just being around the same people over and over is causing stress. We've got deadlines, perhaps. Perhaps we have financial issues that are causing us stress. All kinds of things can put pressure on us. And really the question that Peter is addressing here is when that happens, what kind of behavior is, is exhibited by you? Right now, as we feel the stress, what kind of behavior are you exhibiting in the midst of that stress? Peter has already told us to be holy as God is holy. He's reflecting an, a sentiment that's weaved throughout the Old Testament. Be holy as God is holy. We're created in the image of God to reflect that image. That's who we're supposed to be. 
And Peter's been encouraging uh, these churches as he writes to them and telling them, okay, you need to operate this way even as you go through stressful circumstances. And as he tells them, be holy as, I, as God is holy, he gives them examples. Chapter 2, verse 1, he says, Therefore rid yourselves of all malice and deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. In verses 11 and 12, he says, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Or verse 15, and keep this one in mind. It says, for it is God's will that by doing good, you should, si you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. The bottom line, the point that I'd like to make is whatever your circumstances are, your conduct is your witness. Be found faithful to God under any circumstances. Now let's dig in a little bit in this passage because there are some difficulties here and we can only cover a little bit of that this morning, but, but we can get into it. In verse 19, Peter is addressing uh, people within the Roman slave system but he says this, when he says it, he says, For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering. We'll stop there. He says because, but let's stop there. It is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering. Yes, he's writing to the churches of Asia Minor, which would be kind of eastern, modern-day Turkey. But he's specifically addressing people, he says, slaves here. He's addressing slaves uh, who would be enslaved under the system that the Roman Empire uh, employed for slavery. It was a, a much more complex and nuanced system than uh, the evil system that we had in this country and in the colonies. There's not a straight-across comparison, but the, the ownership of another human is never condoned in Scripture. It's not a good thing. But when Peter writes in this specific case, he's saying, okay, since you're stuck in this position... Here's how you can be a witness. Since you're in this position, and this is the way it's, you're stuck right now, here's how you can follow the example of Jesus Christ. And we can recognize a, a really important and simple truth that almost doesn't need to be said this morning, but we'll say it anyways. Suffering is never fun. Going through stressful times is not enjoyable. Peter's not... Uh, Peter's describing how they're supposed to endure this, not that it's a good thing to go through this. Not that you should welcome this on yourself, but here's how to do it since it's come on you. And really, for the whole church, he's been giving the same advice. Now he just gets a little more specific to a crowd for whom this is quite acute. Uh, but for the whole church, uh, Dennis Edwards, a New Testament professor, points out, for all these people, they're not facing a violent attack right now. Persecution is starting in this region, but it's not wild yet. Rather, uh, Edward says, they're experiencing alienation, shame, slander, and other abuses. So it's doubly important that their character reflects who Jesus Christ is in this instance. If we look back to verse 15, which we heard just a moment ago, it says, For it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people, people who would try and slander and alienate and push you aside because of Jesus Christ. It's saying, we need to operate in a different way because that's happening. So the question becomes that Peter's asking, how can I be a witness to God's goodness while under stress? 
Peter goes on in the second half of verse 19, he gives us the because. So he says, it's commendable if someone bears up under the pain of what kind of suffering? Unjust. Because they are conscious of God. And this is a curious term. They're conscious of God in the midst of that suffering. Right? He's writing to a church that's struggling. He's writing to a specific people group that's uh, under the control of someone else. What does it mean to be conscious of God? The, the New Living Translation maybe gets us closest to what this means when it says to be conscious of God's will. But that's still kind of a little broad in what it looks like. What it really means is that we are so in tune with God and who God is and who God created us to be and we're being formed into that image of Jesus Christ that we know how to operate because of this relationship, because this relationship is getting closer. We know God's will, and we know it well enough to know how to operate when trouble and good times come. To put it a different way, Old Testament scholar Bruce Waltke says, when God is in control of your life, he's also in control of your desires. That is to say, our desires become the desires of God. And so to be conscious of God is to operate that way. And the more time we spend with God through prayer and through God's word, we get that impression. And the more time, more we're connected with God's people, those living stones Peter talks about in chapter 2, the more we're going to understand and have that consciousness of God and understand how God wants us to operate in the world. And it becomes second nature to us. When we're conscious of God, we're really fulfilling what's happening in verse 25, where Peter said, For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. We follow the shepherd. We know who's in charge. We know the mind of who's in charge well enough to act like it. That's to be conscious of God. And to be holy or to do right under these circumstances, under stress, we have an example that Peter tells us has been given in Jesus Christ. Verses 21 and following, it says, To this you were called, so to, to endure even in unjust circumstances, to this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. See, Jesus was found in rotten circumstances. Jesus was found faithful even in rotten circumstances. When he went to the cross, he was uh, mistried and mistreated and beaten and killed horrifically, and yet from the cross can say, Father, forgive them, not Father, condemn them. He doesn't try and gather somebody from the crowd as he goes through this and say, you know what, spread some nasty rumors about those people. He says, Father, forgive them. That's to be conscious of God in stress and suffering. Jesus was found faithful in those circumstances. How will God find you in these stressful circumstances? I want to read a short uh, clip from Voice of the Martyrs. It's about a man in Pakistan who has endured suffering for his faith. 
It's a man named Hamza. And we read that Hamza was raised a Christian in a family indebted to a brick kiln owner. He didn't experience persecution until he brought a Muslim to church. So Hamza is an actual slave in this day and age. The kiln owner had no problem with Hamza attending church, but their relationship changed drastically when Hamza brought a Muslim co-worker to church and the man accepted Christ. Shortly after that happened, the kiln owner met Hamza at the entrance to Hamza's church and beat him so badly that his shoulder was broken. Despite the injury and his treatment by the owner, Hamza continued to work to pay off his debts. Two years ago, he was sold to another brick kiln owner, but the first one was still quite angry at him and had him beaten again. Hamza said they were acting on orders from his former owner, who was still angry at him. Hamza asks us to pray that God will change the hearts of those who are angry at him. And this is so typical of people who endure not just stress, but true suffering around the world for their faith. They don't wish down curses upon people. They wish Jesus Christ and his healing and his salvation on people who are mean to them. That's following the example of Christ. That's being conscious of God in the midst of suffering and stress. That's being found faithful to God under any circumstances. So what does this mean for us today then in our COVID-19 work from home, homeschooling, almost can't take it anymore, stay at home situation that we're in? Well, we kind of face a lot of stresses as we talked about at the beginning. We've been home for a long time, even if we've been able to get out. Uh, we experienced uh, situations where, uh, and I like this acronym, HALT, where we're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. And those things can be major stressors for us when they go on too long and we don't, uh, in a healthy way, fulfill those needs that we have from being hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Those things can make us edgy, irritable, our routines are messed up. We, we can sometimes snap very easily when we're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. And our routines are out of control. Be found faithful to God in those circumstances. Don't let the stress overwhelm you. Follow the example of Christ. We may face, like the people in 1 Peter did, alienation, shame, slander, or other abuses that could come upon us. Maybe you're already facing those. Be found faithful under those circumstances. Follow the example of Christ. And we may... And in fact, I know this is happening to many people. They're being asked to use vacation hours, PTO time. They're uh, furloughed. They're feeling financial stress because the income has changed or is non-existent or is almost non-existent right now. And we're feeling that stress. Some of those uh, cases might be feel unjust completely. Be found faithful to God in these circumstances as well. 1 Peter 2.20, Peter says, But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. That doesn't solve the problem. But we do need to remember that in whatever your circumstances, your conduct is your witness. Be found faithful to God under any circumstances. Let me give you a final word of encouragement as we wrap this up. 
because our example is in Jesus Christ, but it turns out Jesus is also our strength and power to be able to follow his example. We can't really do it without him working in us. Verse 24, Peter writes, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. For by his wounds you have been healed. You see, not every wrong will be put right in this life, but if we follow Jesus Christ, we recognize that Jesus will justify and put to right every wrong. Jesus has already gone ahead of you to put things to right for those who follow him and put their hope in him and receive their strength and power from him. God's Holy Spirit walks with you when you submit to his will and follow Jesus Christ and put your strength and hope in him and allow him to heal and save because we can't do that on our own. Be conscious of God in any circumstances. Be found faithful to God because the good news is God is already faithful to you. Let's pray before we go to the table together. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness, your goodness. Thank you that you have become our righteousness so that we can become your righteousness. You died for us so that we can be raised again to new life. Lord, don't let us uh, give in to the stress, the anxiety of the moment. Help us turn that over to you and recognize that you provided for us not simply an example, but the power and strength to make it. And that we need to be witnesses to your goodness in all circumstances. And Lord, we know that with your power we can. Help us turn ourselves over to you as the shepherd and overseer of our souls this morning. And help us come to this table ready to receive your goodness. Amen. As we go to the table this morning, uh, if you haven't had time to get your materials, there will be some music in a moment. I'd suggest that you listen first and then take the time when uh, the musicians begin playing. You can go find your materials. There's no rush. But the Gospels tell us that on the first day of the week, the day our Lord rose from the dead, he appeared to some of his disciples and was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. It is true for us as well. Christ is made known to us as we break this bread and drink this cup together. And we've taken some time to pray, but I want to give us another couple moments to pause and just hand over to the Lord anything that we are holding back from him or that needs to be forgiven in his name. So let's just take a moment of silence and hand those things over to the Lord. Lord, forgive us for where we've turned away from you. 
and help us turn towards you right now, that we would be conscious of you and aware of what you've called us to, that we would be holy as you are holy, remade in the image of your son, Jesus Christ, by your son, Jesus Christ, because we can't do this on our own. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Amen. As our uh, creed today, we're going to say the simple creed from Romans 10. It'll be on the screen. Um, I'll say the first words and we'll say the rest together. This is the word of faith we proclaim. In, if we, we confess, confess with our, our lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. Thanks be to God. Amen. Sisters and brothers, this is food for the journey to which Christ has called us. So may our lives be nourished by the Lord himself as we celebrate together at the table. The Apostle Paul tells us on the night when Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Paul goes on to tell us that in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Paul reminds us whenever we eat this bread and drink this cup, we are proclaiming the death of Jesus until he comes again. At this time, I want to invite you to partake of the Lord's table in your home. Serve one another. Um, it's Jesus who invites you to this meal, not myself and not Pastor Evan, but this is Christ's meal. So let's sing to that end, and everyone is invited to participate as you profess faith in Christ.
now receive this benediction. Go into the world where apathy and half-heartedness, delusion and anxiety are dominant. Move the world a little, letting the world know that the church lives and breathes in the lives of us. In the name of God, our creator, redeemer, and sustainer, may God be with you. Amen. Bye, everybody.